when we got on that Netflix, like the first day, we were in the top five. And we were just like, how did this happen? Nice. Yeah. I'm not normally a big fan of found footage, but they do it so perfectly with this movie. It's so unnerving. Not normal is asking your PA to gun it down the 405, right. chasing a truck-stealing ring headed by a hot felon, and <laughs> literally like encircling them outside McDonald's at 4 in the morning. Well, welcome in. It's a brand new year, a brand new year of Fright Club. This is the Fright Club podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we're from MadWolf.com. You know, every new year now, it's 2023, every new year I used to make that joke about how long until we stop writing 2022 on our checks, but nobody writes checks anymore. No, I cannot so. <laughs> remember the last time I wrote a check. <laughs> so uh, I guess that doesn't apply, but how long until we say 2023? It's going to sound weird, but... But we'll get used to it. But we have a, f- a whole new year of great movies to look forward we to. We do. And great uh, movies to talk about. And we have to say that this 2023 marks the 10th year of MadWolf.com. It does. Which and is the, amazing the to me. the 9th year of Fright Club. The 9th year of Fright Club. Yeah, because those who don't know, we were writing for a newspaper here in Columbus, Ohio, that got shut down, unfortunately, as many newspapers uh, have had that happen. And we took it online uh, to MadWolf.com 10 years ago. Crazy. And then nine years ago started Fright Club. So so thank you, by the way. <laughs> thank you for listening and for supporting. It has been an incredible ride, and we've been able to grow it thanks to, thanks to great listeners and supporters and people that love these movies as much as we do. So, again, thank you so much. You've really been enabled us to do this. Yes, uh, enablers. To, yeah. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> and, and keep it coming. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And not only uh, the great listeners and, and great Fright Clubbers, but the great guests yeah. that we've had on over the years. And, boy, that continues today. We've got a couple of great guests who, really, they proposed this topic. Yes, yes, they did. And I was going to take credit for it, but now I can't. You've outed me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alok Mishra, the producer, and Naomi Grossman, co-star of the movie 1BR, One Bedroom, has had fantastic success, more than they ever imagined, which is always a great you know, great Cinderella story to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a lot more because there's some great behind-the-scenes stuff to get into about this movie. So we'll do that here. They're standing by just a couple of minutes. We want to say a quick thank you for all the feedback about our best of list. Best of list from 2022. Had a couple of, you know, a couple of nitpicks there because we said for our purposes, we didn't consider Prey or the menu horror movies. That's why they weren't they weren't on our list. Now some people disagree, and that's great. It is. Because course, we love the movies. And we had to leave some off. Right. Had to leave. We love both those movies. Just for us, it wasn't wasn't horrible. That's good. Thank you for all the uh, the feedback, though. We always appreciate that. I think most people, the they list was okay. They were kind. Exactly. <laughs> it's all really, you know, especially getting the last three or four there at the top. Hard to argue. There's mm. some great, great films. And so many great ones came out in 2022. And thankfully, so many, how many times did we say you can see them on Shudder? Right. Uh, many times. God bless Shudder. Yeah, yeah, for always be there for There's so many to catch. So thank you for the feedback there as we look ahead to a brand new year of Fright Clubs that starts right now. So the topic today is apartment horror and movies that are even scarier than the thought of trying to find someone to help you move into a new apartment, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is tough. And we've got a couple, a couple of great uh, special guests to help us uh, count these down and talk about. Actually, we'll talk about their movie, the movie that's at number five on our list, and that is from 2019. It's a woman trying to start anew in L.A., but her neighbors are not what they seem. This is One Bedroom or One BR. 
You got it. We're neighbors. Hey, listen, we're having a barbecue. You should come. Welcome. We like to make this place feel like a real neighborhood. And we all kind of take care of each other here. And we welcome in from One Bedroom, producer Aluk Mishra and co-star Naomi Grossman. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Uh, hello. So excited to have you here. And, and truth be told, this was not uh, my topic. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, Alok suggested this topic, which is a great one. And there were so many really fun movies to kind of parse through to come up with these. But um, one of the reasons that, that we're doing this, this particular podcast right now is that One Bedroom, which... Uh, for for a tiny budget movie was such a massive success. Number one on Netflix. Everybody loved yeah. this. Uh, we watched it at Nightmares Film Festival. Yeah. Just a great movie. Super fun. So congrats on your success, first of all. Oh, Thank you. Well, we appreciate that. I mean, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's a little film that could. <laughs> and actually, this is a big time for you right now, right? The first of the year has a brand new way to see the movie. Yeah. It's going to be on available on all what they call AVOD platforms or ad supported um, platforms like uh, 2B and Freebie and also uh, Peacock, uh, Plex, Pluto TV, Roku, um, you know, Voodoo TV, Exomo TV as well, I want to say. There's, there's like seven, seven eight of them uh, that it's going to be on. And so they're going to be basically free. You don't have to have a subscription. You just got to watch some ads when you watch the, uh, the actual movie. And uh, I'll be honest, uh, I, I actually watch quite a few shows on these different networks, and the ads are very minimal. I mean, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're so short that they're, you can't even go uh, use the bathroom and come back. You have to almost <laughs> stop the movie pretty much because they're so short. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be available basically for free. It's for the people, you know, and you don't need a subscription. You just, I mean, you need a subscription, but you don't need to pay anything for it. Right. So it's sort of a wonderful uh, opportunity to, to expose uh, more people to the movie. Uh, we're excited. Well, this is great. Just another another round of your success. And uh, we're going to talk about in the movie. We don't want to spoil anything, obviously, for anybody that has, has yet to see it. And we do recommend it. But... Uh, Naomi, I was I was thinking about your character, and she ends up being sort of pivotal toward the end because I, how do I say this? When 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 Sarah, the main character, makes the choice that she makes, it's Janice who lets us know how the rest of the group feels about that. Yes, <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, <laughs> um, but yes, I'm one of those. Uh... Those neighbors you talked about, that is not what she seems. What do you think? I mean, for when you read the script, what was, uh, what was, what about it was appealing to you? Well, honestly, Alok and I have known each other forever. We've been friends uh, before, uh, you know, he was a producer. And, uh, well, I was an actor. I just wasn't having any success at it. Um, no one really knew I was an actor except my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um so, you know, honestly, that that's what really appealed to me, you know, being able to, you know, work with my friends. But, of course, it's also just really well written. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't imagine how many awfully <laughs> written scripts I read. And, you know, I always say it's, it's like the blueprint for the house. You know, my dad's an architect. And if you don't have a solid plan, 
you you know, the house is not going to stand. And this is a really solid plan. I could see the movie, you know, right out of the gate. And mm-hmm. that's that's important. Yeah. Well, a couple of things that I liked about it. First of all, it's it ends up being metaphorical, which I always like. Right. And also by the end, the the certain characters are not who you thought they were at the beginning. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, that's actually, life, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually kind of meta in a way because it came out during uh, COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of like sort of social responsibility: Are you vaxxed? Are you not vaxxed? Are you wearing a mask? Not wearing a mask? Can you trust your neighbors? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, became sort of a weird thing, I think, that we didn't, you know, obviously expect or could predict, but it, it actually became sort of part of the you know, uh, landscape and people were trapped inside their houses and, well, why not watch a movie about not trusting your neighbor? <laughs> you know, it is funny that, I mean, there are a lot of horror films about sort of the, the horrors of living in an apartment and, and, you know, and set there, but it's funny how much more of an impact they have post-lockdown. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they it, it's not as if they were prescient. They didn't realize that we would have this sort of trauma about being stuck in our homes, but it is funny when you look back on them now, they, they, they take on a different tone, I think. Um, and I wanted to point out, because George mentioned this off the air, that um, one of the things that got us into podcasting years ago was actually American Horror Story. We um, we were hired by the startup to to do a podcast about a TV show. We didn't watch a lot of TV shows, but we chose American Horror Story because we wanted to watch that one. It is a great series. <laughs> And and you, Naomi, were one of the stars of that show. Indeed I was. That must have been super fun. <laughs> was that super fun to make? Oh, yeah. I mean, again, if you can't work with dear old friends like Alok, at least work with, like, the best people working in television yeah. today yeah. or in the history of television. Oh, my God, you know? Jessica Lang. <laughs> Jessica Lang yeah, is the coolest yeah, yeah. human being on Earth, isn't she? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, she's a legend. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's one of those people that you just never unclench your butt around. <laughs> <laughs> That was my experience. <laughs> now when you go back and binge the show, you'll be like, Pepper is, like, seems real tight. <laughs> Man, I love well, getting this behind-the-scenes stuff. This is great. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the funniest thing is that Jessica Lang was on a, a Seth Meyers show, right? And Seth Meyers went to school with Naomi uh, at, at Northwestern. Oh. And Seth Meyers says to her, like, oh, you know, you, uh, you, you're, you're starting, a sh- you're starting your, your show. You have uh, one of my classmates, Naomi Grisman. And in typical Jessica Lang fashion, she's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she knew who I was. I think yeah, she, she just did. was a little shocked that here she was all the way, you know, on The Tonight Show talking about Pepper, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, we should be talking about her. Come yeah. on. Uh. <laughs> Talk about meta moments. Like, Elsa Mars is yeah. like, huh? <laughs> well, you know, talking about uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, and, and I didn't realize this, but Hope was just telling me the other day when we were getting ready for this podcast that you guys really went through some last-minute, you know, obstacles to, to, to jump over, some hoops to jump through to get this done. Oh, yeah. Alo could write a book. In fact, he has written... An article in, I think, Movie Maker Magazine. Yes. I mean, we, everything from, like, losing all, pretty much all the cast. Like, I was the only cast member that didn't get the memo to quit. <laughs> last minute to, you know, a stolen truck of equipment to braving forest fires. They were literally having to, like, Google Earth our production office to make sure it was still mm, there. I mean, it was crazy. Just, like, cuckoo. In fact, well... 
I'm told there's supposedly a sequel in the in the works, but if not, like you could make a horror movie about making this horror movie. <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah. It, so, Alok, where does this stand, though, on, on the productions that you've worked on? Was this atypical, all these obstacles, or just kind of the norm? Well, to be fair, I, um, I, this is my first movie that I ever produced. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, I was producer along with a great team of producers. I was an investor. I may have allegedly mortgaged and already paid off house to make this movie. <laughs> allegedly. Um, like, allegedly, yes. Um, so... But it was it was tough because I, I used to test movies for a living. I did market research for a film for eighteen years. Okay. And so I finally got sick of doing that, and I wanted to like finally make a movie of my own. And so um, so this was our first film. So to be fair, I have besides doing like short films like back in the day, let's say, uh-huh. um, I have not much to compare it to. Like I just was just like, this is a hard production is a horrible experience, <laughs> especially if you're dealing with like like all this nonsense in the in the background, but. I mean, happily, there was many, you know, times that ship could have been sunk, but we just sort of, you know, went on and, and uh, you know, went forward with it and trusted ourselves. And, you know, we had a great partner and our writer-director, Dave Marmer, who's also, you know, a producer on it. He put, he put money in for it, too, just as much as we did and stuff. And, you know, we had to uh, endure not only, um, you know, a, a 15-day shoot, which is super short. Yeah. But then uh, we had to. We didn't. We didn't really have the ending we wanted. And um, and again, you know, this is a nice piece of advice for anybody who's making a movie. Uh, why don't you give yourself twenty days? Not fifteen. <laughs> give yourself twenty days. Yeah. Maybe you can get everything you need in, so you don't have to go back and do expensive reshoots, which we had to. Um, so we uh, we actually came back. We, we shot 2017 uh, uh, around December, and purposely so because you know you can get people cheap in December because I'm a money grubbing producer. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so um, we came back uh, to do reshoots in. 2000, summer of 2018, I mean, actually, though, the end of summer was like uh, the, the beginning of September, I want to say. Ill-timed, I'll say this, because Naomi Grossman had been nominated for an Emmy. And how, <laughs> I mean, how, how did this happen? And we had to, we had to shoot. Hasn't happened since a woke. You're off, you're <laughs> yeah, off I mean, the hook, the next Emmy nom I get, okay? <laughs> but until well, then, we'll be, I'm going to be bitter about this. Yeah, I mean, look, she couldn't, she couldn't go to the gifting suites and get trips to Barbados, I guess, right? And, uh, you know. We, Never been to a Barbados. <laughs> yes, yes. So when she came back to do our crappy little movie, and very sweetly so, and we shot for another four days and got actually shot two different endings for the movie. And we were able to get the one we really did want. Ah. And so, uh, so yeah, total in total, uh, 19 days. And then uh, we didn't um, actually debut the movie. Uh, we kept on working on it, and we uh, didn't debut it till the next summer, actually, till uh, July uh, 2019, where we uh, world premiered at Fantasia. And we had an, a great festival run, uh, and then uh, we, um, you know, we're supposed to come out April 2020, and like we were sitting there in March, and we were like, "What's this COVID thing? Oh, this will all blow over. Right. Yeah. No problem. We'll be fine." By the middle of March, we were like, "We are fucked." Yeah. We are, like, you know, yeah. Sorry, we can't curse or whatever. I, oh uh, no. I'm, yeah, we fine. do it. <laughs> I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a filthy mouth, as Naomi will tell you. Like, uh, you know, her, her well, mom my mom would like, tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she, she listens to every one of these, and she's like, why does he have to curse? <laughs> I'm expressing myself. I mean, she's an English teacher. She, you know. Sure. Yeah, she just, yeah. she believes in you, Elope. I don't know why. Uh, but uh, look, look, so uh, what happened is that uh, we, came, we came out in April 2020, and uh, Netflix uh, had rejected us twice. They didn't want to take the movie, but then we did very well on VOD, and we're like, look, look at these numbers. And they said to us, like, all right. 
we'll take you. We'll give you very little money, but we'll take you. you know? So we were like, okay, great. So we, uh, we, we you know, got onto Netflix. And the whole summer, we actually kept on doing interviews and podcasts and everything else just to kind of keep the awareness of the movie up. And when we got on Netflix, like the first day, we were in the top five. And we were just like, how does this happen? Nice. Yeah. And, and every day, it kept on going up until that Friday, we reached number one. Amazing. And we we, we, uh, we beat Jamie Foxx's Project Power. Like it's an eighty million dollar movie gets taken down by a SAG ultra low budget. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so we actually we actually tweeted him. We were like, "Listen, game recognizes game. Sorry to take you out." Uh, <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't he didn't respond. No. <laughs> well, that's. But it was it was very very much a rocky moment, and, and uh, you know, we were very triumphant. And yeah, you know, like this little movie could do something you know, on that level and everything. And so it was, yeah. it was, I, I gotta, I gotta admit, I, I did cry that day. Like, yeah, you know, well, so, congratulations. So we, we, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But we, look, we wouldn't have done it unless we had, like, without the team that we had, like our writer director, Dave Marmer is amazing. And everyone from the cinematographer to like all the actors. I mean, we were so lucky. Like, I, you know, you were saying that we lost our cast, uh, you know, three days before shooting and we did. And Nicole Bryden Bloom came in with like three hours of rehearsal with David Marmer, that was it, and just knocked it out of the park. I mean, all the actors, ever, you know, Naomi, uh, Taylor Nichols, like, uh, you know, uh, Giles Maddy, who plays Brian, like, uh, and uh, Clayton, Clayton Hoff, who plays Lester. I mean, all of them were just, mm-hmm. just so good. I mean, like, we, we, we would only have one or two takes. We, we would only have that much time. And they would get it in the first take. It was just like, you know, it was amazing. And, and everyone well, was very family. That's normal, oriented. actually. What's not normal is asking your PA to gun it down the 405, right. chasing a truck-stealing ring headed by a hot felon and literally, <laughs> like, encircling them outside McDonald's at 4 in the morning, which was later, by the way, on, like, Cops. I'm not even kidding. Wow. Like, yeah. There were, you know, there are certain things that are just movie making, uh, like hitting your marks and crying on cue. That's what we do. But then there's other, there were serious obstacles that are not normal at all. Yeah. For people who don't, or aren't, who aren't aware of it, one of your PAs was sitting in the, in the parking lot and saw someone steal one of your production trucks. Yeah. And called the police but followed the cop followed the truck like didn't let the truck out of his sight until the police arrived because they stopped at a mcdonald's or something right wow well they, they, he, he he chased them from freeway to freeway and he he, he was refusing to, to stand down and the cops are just like you know the 911 dispatcher was like listen sir just you know calm down he says i need you to stand down don't chase this guy we don't want you to get hurt and he's like i will not stand down <laughs> i won't stand down until until the cops are behind his truck and so at this point it's now a televised high-speed chase right Wow. Uh, what happens is that like once, once they get but to, that's like, also uh, very normal in LA. Like we we watch the way the rest of the country watches. I don't know American Horror Story. We just watch high speed chases on our. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's true. Actually, it's true. So so what happens is that uh, this guy gets to the one ten freeway where the, the iconic Felix sign is. I don't know if you've ever seen that thing before. It's very iconic. Uh, but right right then, like three cars rush in. Cop, cop cars rush in and a. Uh, and a helicopter spotlight goes down on the truck. And so this guy panics and tries to get off the freeway near USC. And he tries to gun it and, like, he destroys the engine. And finally he's caught at a McDonald's slash Chevron gas station. And I, I tell you this, like, they always say the cops are, like, you know, bad news. They're going to abuse you or whatever else. They were so nice to this motherfucker. <laughs> that, like, you know, 
But he was a very good-looking guy, too, was the weird thing, right? That's why, like, Naomi calls him the handsome felon. <laughs> we kind of made up a story about him. We're like, oh, my gosh, he's just an out-of-work actor who just took the wrong gig. And he actually was this, – this is a truck stealing ring that's never been caught before, and he was new to the ring. So he turned he, – I guess he turned over on them or whatever. Oh. We, I, I've never – This is another never movie been, waiting to happen right, right here. <laughs> I, I, all yes. I know is I've never been paid any restitution from that motherfucker. He needs to work it off in like a sex scene with me. In the- <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I have pictured him being kind of a monkey butler to, to the sequel perhaps. So like, uh, you know, he could, he could do whatever we want. You know, we have him for X amount of dollars, you know, whatever. But um, but yes, he is a handsome fellow, and and not to plug it, but um, this uh, arrest actually is actually on the American Blu-ray. If you if you get the American Blu-ray, the, we we talk about this uh, um, whole episode uh, at Fantasia during the Q and A, and they show the footage of this guy being arrested. So if you want to check the handsome felon out, then you just got to pick up the, the Blu-ray. Wow. Uh, it's it's on, worth it's it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Amazing. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. They didn't, this literally, I want to say they pushed our call by like an hour. They, like, this didn't even affect them. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. yeah we, and they didn't even tell we, us. We, we, they didn't even tell David until, well, I think they told David at like the cast or, you know, at the rap party. But it wasn't until Fantasia that we actually, they told the cast. Wow. Um, Indie filmmaking, man. Yeah. I know. It was impressive. We wanted them to concentrate on the acting. We didn't want to, you know, them freaking out sure. about, like, you know, what Concentrating on, on the night. handsome felon. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, right? You would have been salivating. I was, I was sitting there during production watching the video on my phone. Uh, of of the arrest and stuff because it had gone up Amazing. Like, already like on the news and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you mentioned the uh, the idea of of a sequel. We're going to come back to that. We want to get to that. Uh, but this is uh, one bedroom is number five on our list of apartment horror. So we're going to roll through the rest of the countdown and come back and talk about uh, talk about the sequel and what what else is going on with one bedroom. So that's number five. Let's move up to number four from two thousand seven. This is a television reporter and cameraman following emergency workers into a dark apartment building and are quickly locked inside with something terrifying, the original wreck. anything about this movie but i've been told is it spanish it's from spain right yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's spanish actually they, they they've made four of these movies uh in spain and the first one was remade uh, uh like almost a shot for shot remake of, yeah. of the spanish one uh and it's done by the dow brothers who are great filmmakers they did kept poughkeepsie tapes and stuff but the, the american version is called quarantine mm-hmm. but this uh this um this particular uh film a uh, wreck actually um was a monster hit uh, for these uh, filmmakers, and it really did put them on the map, and it really did uh, establish a, a kind of almost found footage zombie sort of uh, franchise. Uh, like I said, there's like, I think just, I think there's four of them. I, I don't know if they're making another one as well, but I mean, totally recommend this film. It, it really does um, have some great brutality. And even the second movie actually is a very interesting thing where it goes from being a, a zombie movie into kind of being something else which is just so groundbreaking and interesting. Um, but, you know, I, I, I definitely think if you haven't seen it, I think it's actually, come to say, on Tubi, 
one of those AVOD platforms that I mentioned before. <laughs> you can and you can watch it. You can watch it for free on there. But it's a fantastic film. If you haven't seen it, it's great. And if you if you have seen it, um, you know, check out the sequel because the, the sequels are the second one especially is, is just mind blowing. Yeah, it's and you know, and it's one of the rare instances where the English language version is very much worth seeing. I it don't, is, it's yeah. not as good as Wreck. I think that it misses the religious undertones that the that the original has toward the end that I think makes it a little bit more unnerving than your run of the mill zombie film. Mm-hmm. But I do I do really like the 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 English like Quarantine. I thought was a great movie. I do too. Uh, but I'm not normally a big fan of found footage, but they do it so perfectly with this movie. It's so unnerving, and it's such a funhouse of a film, you yeah. know, where, like, you're running through an apartment building and the like, oh, my God, don't open that door. It's just you you are on the edge of your seat with every single second of mm-hmm. the movie. And I love, you know, it's got a couple of odes, I think, to the original Night of the Living Dead, which I'm not getting away if you haven't seen it. But, uh, but on the whole, I think that while it is a zombie movie, it's so unique, or at least it was at the time, in the way that it handles everything. And, and you know, in 2007, that's, that's saying something, because by 2007, we'd already had generations of zombie oh, movies. Yeah. So for yeah. them to do something that fresh and that genuinely scary was was so fun. Oh yeah, they do a great job with the confines, the dark corners yes. and you're you're scanning the frame for what am I going to see something there and, and before you get uh, you know jump scared and the jump scares are good and the integrity of the found footage yeah. uh, concept is good as yeah. well. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I liked quarantine as well. So yeah. so so wreck is the one we're talking about from 2007, number four in Apartment Horror. And number three, this is one from just last year, a sequel to the classic film Candyman that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. Nia DaCosta's Candyman. I think I made a mistake. I brought him back. Candyman isn't real! Something's happening to me. He had a purpose for you to be another one of his terrible stories. I guess he found me. I am the writing on the wall. The sweet smell of blood. Be my victim. I'm sorry. I have to defer to Alok. Alok sees everything, so I don't have to. I, no, I, <laughs> I'm kind of an imposter. Like, I just, I, I say that I, you know, slipped and fell into a horror hole, but I really <laughs> don't belong down here. I'm, I, I'm, I'm like a comedy girl. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me. Like, I love horror because horror loves me, but... <laughs> Uh, I didn't go into the, like, I, I haven't seen a lot of horror movies, believe it or not. It's well, not that, that I don't that, love well, them. I just, uh, you know, I wasn't exposed as a kid, so. Well, the, fun, the funny thing is you're good friends with Tony Todd because of the horror stuff. Oh. Well, you know, well, sorry, you know all of us horror icons hang out on the weekends at, <laughs> you know, horror cons. Right. So, Yes, you're right. I, I do know all kinds of, you know, behind-the-scenes Tony Todd uh, horrors, but not uh, n- nothing on screen, unfortunately. This is such a fantastic uh, sequel, I think, because not only is it a great film in its own right, but by the end, it makes you think about the first one in a different way. And yeah, the first does. one is already great, but by the end of this one, you're just reassessing the first film as well. And I-, I loved it. Yeah, either one of them. 
could have been on this list of apartment horror. And the, one of the reasons that, this, that the, the sequel is on the list instead of the original is that it's, it's so much more confined. It speaks specifically to the gentrification of the neighborhood and where they're living. Like, the mm-hmm. space where they live is a major theme of the film, which is why I chose it. It's also just a brilliant movie. And the way that... DaCosta shoots the apartments from the outside looking in and through the windows or, you know, looking at each other through the mirrors. I mean, the way that she makes not just um, not just the main apartment, but all the different apartments that you enter, they become such noticeable spaces like the confines are so clearly a part of what she's saying Mm -hmm. that I just found it astonishing. She just it's it's, she'd only made one other film before, which we love Little Woods, but it's not a horror film. Uh, You know, it's it's just an indie sort of kind of a thriller sort of, I suppose. But it's it's the way that she embraced this genre and did something visually so stunning as along with doing something. Um, that was scary, and that really had something important to say. But it's such a gorgeous movie. God, it is. It is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it's designed the way it's shot. It's really interesting. I think that uh, uh, Jordan Peele, his company, helped out quite a lot with this particular film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you see some of you know his his intelligence when it comes to horror sort of baked into to this film for sure. But it was uh, definitely like um, I, I, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. To be fair. Actually, uh, and I did I did enjoy it actually. Yeah, and this uh, with this film, Nia DaCosta became the first black female director to be number one at the box office. Nice. When this uh, in its second day of release, so yeah, I love uh, this Candyman sequel from just last year, and that's number three on our apartment horror list. So moving up to number two, the classic from 1968, a young couple trying for a baby moves into an aging ornate apartment building on Central Park West, where they find themselves surrounded by peculiar. Neighbors, Rosemary's baby. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? He has his father's eyes. What are you talking about? Guy's eyes are normal. What have you done to him, you maniac? Satan is his father, not Guy. Hail Adrian! Hail Satan! Hail Satan! I feel like I have to talk about this one because I've actually seen it. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I have seen, like, yes, classics from, like, the 60s I've seen. But, like, you know, don't ask me what's, what's happening right now. I've never heard of Taylor Swift or anything. But, you know, <laughs> I could tell you all about Bach and Brahms. Um, this is one of my favorite movies yeah. ever, actually. I, I just love uh, the, the aesthetic, the whole 19, you know, 60s, mid-century, modern, everything from, you know, the architecture to the haircuts to the yeah. fashion. Uh, and it, well, again, maybe as a female story, I find it kind of relatable. I, I find a lot of horror to be kind of macho, you know, guys wearing hockey masks, wielding power tools. And this is like just, uh, you know, a pregnant lady. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's, I don't know, I, I guess I, I feel like... Listen, I'm not a breeder myself uh, for for um, that very reason. Like, I think there's something really terrifying of the, the idea of, like, a, a living thing that has got to come out at some point. <laughs> um, and and what, what is it going to be? Like, what if it is, you know, what if you are birthing the next Jeffrey Dahmer? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you don't get to choose these things. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> yeah. It, it makes her so... 
Mia Farrow, not only her her stature, she's she's small, but the uh, she's small, but the the haircut and the pregnancy just it makes her so vulnerable, vulnerable throughout yeah. this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just the picture of vulnerability. And it's interesting to me. I feel like watching One Bedroom. It you know it seems to me that Rosemary's Baby might have been a, a, a big inspiration for that film. Am I imagining that? No, uh, Marmor said, David Marmor said that uh, Roman Polanski, that his, his is kind of an apartment trilogy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was definitely uh, definitely an influence on him, uh, and he has said that in many other interviews. So, yeah, you're not too far off the mark there at all. Yeah, so it is worth note- noting that, that uh, Polanski did three um, really very apartment-oriented. The apartment trilogy, one was Repulsion, which is another really great uh, really great movie, and and then the other is the tenant, which is good, but it's not nearly as good as these three. Right. Uh, excuse me, as the other two. And but you know what I'm realizing now? We should have when we did the time loop horror that should have been in that. But um. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I, you know, uh, he he mined you know the confines of the apartment and the weirdos that you're close to, and how you <laughs> kind of have to take them on as their as your new family of sorts. For the uh, discomfort, yeah. all the discomfort he could find. Also, I think that the cinematography in Rosemary's Baby is just unbelievably great. The way that shots are framed so that you feel yourself leaning so that you can get a better look. You know, <laughs> yeah. at what's happening yeah. around the corner. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. It's just it's amazingly well laid out. And, of out. course, it features that iconic performance from Ruth Gordon. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking oh, about yeah. Peculiar Neighbors. And, uh, and when, we're, yeah. when we're introduced to her, of course, it's through the peephole, yeah. which is a, a, a just perfect for an apartment horror. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, totally. I remember, I remember watching this at the USC Cinema Library and finishing the movie and coming outside, and I was, like, scared during the day. Like, it was one of the first times I had been scared during the day where I was like, holy shit, like, that really got to me. Yeah. I had to go get a coffee or something just to calm down because I was freaked out. Like, you know, just, just whatever. It was... I remember when um, I was cast in American Horror Story Apocalypse, I was told that I would be playing a Satanist. And so, of course, I went back and saw that movie. Nice. Um, And especially because uh, at the time, and this actually changed in the course of it, but uh, I was actually to play this, like, socialite Satanist that was actually, like, married into the satanic church um and in the in the 60s like an actual actual satanist from history and so i remember reading uh the satanic bible like floating around on a floaty toy in, in my pool and wondering you know every time a neighbor would walk by i quit try to like hide because <laughs> i didn't want them thinking like you know right. I'm, right. I'm a satanist like living in the building you know <laughs> like <laughs> Like, literally, I, I'm that lazy through the pe- people. <laughs> like, really, I'm not. I'm Your mini cast event. Look out. Play one on TV. <laughs> well, she's, she's, she's trying to summon the ghost of Peter Lawford. Because, oh, <laughs> yeah. He, 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 lived, he lived, he was the last, uh, that was the last place he lived with her, her uh, townhouse. Wow. Wow. That is yeah. so true. Cool. Connection to the Rat Pack. Wow. Nice. Yep, yep. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, when I, you know, ink the deed. I had the you know fantasies of all the starlets skinny dipping in the in the, this pool. But <laughs> no, uh, I I'm told that this was actually like, you know, this was the end for him. He, he only lived here a year, uh, and a lot of that year he spent at the Betty Ford Center, uh, uh, having um, cocaine helicoptered in to the. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, like you do at Betty. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, his, his his wife also got mad, and he had a penis pump, and threw his penis pump in the garbage, oh. uh, in, a, in a dumpster, and he went he went into the dumpster 
to get the penis pump, oh. uh, which was amazing, right? Well, who hasn't had that happen? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, point. They, they could only take so much. Right? <laughs> oh, well, that's, uh, yeah, Rosemary's Baby number two. But before we get to our number one, we've got a, a, a decent list of ones that almost made. Yeah, and you, you probably are wondering if Rosemary's, how is Rosemary's Baby number two? There's a good reason. There's a good reason. We have a great number one. But before we get to that, I do want to, there's, I mean, there are so many great movies. There are some just sort of throwaway fun movies. Troll, Demons 2, Critters 3, young Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Uh, Poltergeist 3. And then some sincerely good ones. The original Dark Water, The Gin, Citadel. Nice, uh, nice Irish horror right there. The Sentinel, of course, the classic, The Sentinel. Satan's Slaves Communion. Uh, which is on, it's on Shutter right now. It's a great one. Really, really great, creepy use of an apartment building. Night Eats the World, which I really oh, yeah. like. Came out a few years ago. It's a great one. I remember that. Yeah. And then um, on uh, uh, streaming right now, Something in the Dirt, which right. we just saw a couple weeks ago. The new one from ago. Benson and Moorhead. Yeah. yeah so those a... are all, you know, if you're digging in, you think, what else, you know, what else is going to creep me out inside my house? These. There these will go. do it. All right. But that takes us up to our favorite, our number one on this list. And this is from 2016. A mother and daughter struggle to cope with the terrors of the post-revolution war-torn Tehran of the 1980s. A mysterious evil begins to haunt their home. This is Under the Shadow. Yeah, great film. Great film. I think didn't it, didn't it uh, premiere at Sundance? I want to say. I think it, it did. Yeah. I think it was in the midnight section. That's how old I am, and I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Yeah, this is but, really really effective. How it builds the tension. It features some fantastic shots as things ramp up a little bit. But the terror between the mother and the child and what may be happening really really effective. And as the the threats to their person and of course their building with the war torn situation outside increase as well. Yeah, I mean, the the way that the political allegories worked into this film is just seamless. And it's so, well, it's just, it's very spooky to begin with in a way that you're sort of used to. You know, it's it's a mother and, and a child, and the child has sort of an imaginary friend who she might rather have for her mom. And so there's that anxiety there, you know, what what is this creepy entity? But the fact that it, it kind of takes the shape of this flapping burqa um mm-hmm. is is so alarming i mean it's so and you know and and that you're it's in the 80s the the mother um she can't finish medical school because of the revolution and now she has to stay at home with her daughter and so she has some resentment because uh, it the whole, and then there's a missile that lands but doesn't explode and and it's just it's just a, literally a ticking time bomb in right. the center of their building not unlike um del toro's uh um analogy um in the Devil's Backbone, but everything about this movie is so beautifully put together it and is. so unnerving yeah. and so gorgeously filmed. And I think that it's um, it's underseen. Certainly, we're hoping to get to show it uh, at uh, Fright Club Live at some point in 2023, so that if you haven't seen it, you can get the chance to. But it's just one that I feel like not nearly enough people have seen. It's just a masterpiece. Yeah, the writer director is Babak Anvari, and I hope I pronounced that right. But uh, yeah, really like that. Now it, you, you've seen this, Elok. Yes, yes. I think it's on Netflix, I believe, too. Oh, great. I think. I think Crazy great. how, um, you know, Alok is like, I've, uh, you know, I saw it back in the day when I was, like, you know, young youngster in Sundance. And it sounds <laughs> to- like 
relevant now. It sounds like yeah. something that like you could watch on the news. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really that's going on in Iran right now. You know. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, or, or or the Ukraine for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's, uh, right. it's, it's very timely still. Yeah. Still. Not, not that far afield for the U.S. right now, to be honest with yeah. you. So. Mm-hmm. Still sadly, uh, still sadly relevant. That is number one under the shadow and flew. You know, not to be flippant, but it was kind of under the radar yeah, as well back at the bit, time. Yeah. But that is. One to, uh, one to seek out. All right. That is number one on our list of apartment horror. But let's go back and talk about when we were talking about one bedroom earlier. You guys both mentioned the thoughts of a sequel. And anytime a, a movie is successful, that question is going to come up. So what can you tell us? Well, uh, you can't I, kill uh, a good horror film. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, uh, we just uh, got the script for the sequel uh, last Friday. I've read it three times. Uh, we actually, uh, my producing partner, Shane Borister, uh, myself had a meeting with David Marmer on uh, last Wednesday, I want to say. And uh, we are trying to put the pieces together to hopefully shoot this thing in the uh, spring or if not late spring. Uh, so our hope is to maybe have it ready for next October or next January. We're trying to figure out the mm-hmm. timing on it right now. But uh, with the success of like, Terrifier 2 and the lack of, uh, you know, good movies and cinemas. We feel like this may have a, a theatrical release for sure. Ooh. Um, and uh, we would love, we we're very interested to see uh, if people are willing to come out and actually, you know, not watch it on Netflix, but watch it on, you know, watch it in the theater. And I think they are because uh, we have um, we have a good authority that a lot of people have seen the movie on Netflix. I, can just, I can't say why I know or what I know, but I can say that uh, a lot of people have seen the film. So we feel like there is definitely an audience that wants to um, to see the next chapter, if you will. So um, I wish I could tell you more about it, but we uh, we got the J.J. Abrams things in terms of uh, keeping it quiet to, until it just uh, springs upon you, you sure. know, whenever it comes out, you know. But, uh, but it's going to be um, a much bigger film, and uh, we're going to see uh, more of this uh, 1BR universe uh, unfold. And I think you're going to like where it goes because uh, it's definitely going to, I think uh, it's, it's shocking. It's uh, provocative. It's also has a commentary on society again, and it really is going to be um, very interesting to see what happens next. That's all I can tell you. Nice. So tell us again about where people can find this. Well, it's going to be on uh, all these great AVA platforms uh, in particular uh, Tubi. And Freebie, which is Amazon's uh, AVOD platform. And uh, it's also going to be on Pluto TV, Roku TV, uh, Peacock. Uh, it's going to be on Vudu. It's going to be on Exumo, X-U-M-O. I don't know how to say it. Uh, and, uh, and, and also a Plex is the other one. So it'll be available, you know, pretty much anywhere you want for free. If you want to watch a couple commercials and stuff, you'll be able to watch it uh, without a subscription. It's also on um, Shutter is the other place you can yeah. find it as well. That's our favorite. And, uh, yeah, Shutter. I mean, Shutter's the best money spent. I mean, They're they great. Yes, yes, that's amazing. exactly true. I mean, it really. You, it's like half the price of a, a beer in Los Angeles. So you get all this amazing, <laughs> uh, all this amazing content that's just. Uh, and they're so good at curating and everything. I mean, they do a great job. But uh, anyway, you can find out Shutter. But please, if you want to make the filmmaker some money and uh, Naomi over there who has some points on the movie. 
Uh, go watch it on Tubi or Freebie because they pay us the most money as far as I can tell. Ooh, <laughs> All right. okay. Good to know. Okay, well, Alok Mishra, producer of 1BR, Naomi Grossman, uh, Janice in 1BR. Tell us where we can find you guys on socials. I'm at Naomi W. Grossman. Uh, I'm verified, so you'll look for the blue X mark, and that's me. And uh, we are um, 1BR underscore film. Uh, on Twitter, and we're all. If you look up, you know, one br on Facebook, we have a Facebook page too. Uh, but Twitter is uh, where we're most active. We're also on Instagram, but like really, Twitter is still where we're sort of most active as of as of, as of now. So yeah, please come come Even follow. Even in spite us. of everything, Alok, I think you I might. Know, I think one br might be the o- only person other than now Donald Trump that's on Twitter anymore. <laughs> I mean, it, it might it might be. I For a like while, it was everyone people. but him, and now I think it's only him. <laughs> Well, we, we we may pop up other places, and I think Naomi's got to teach me how to use Instagram, so maybe we'll figure that out. <laughs> I would say uh, check a- me out on TikTok. That's my fave. Okay. okay. Just, I mean, I'm 100 years older than anyone else on there, but it's fun. Well, thank you guys yeah. so much. This this has been this has been a blast. Congratulations on all the success of 1BR so far. Now, best of luck as you're launching these other platforms, and we'll be uh, looking for more news on the sequel in the future. Thank you guys so much. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. you. So join us next time. We're going to go back to the Gateway Film Center. We're going to do our first Fright Club of the year. We're going to show, as I've been hoping to do for three full years, we're going to show the classic The Black Cat. And that is on Friday the 13th. Perfect. How perfect is that? So if you're (laughs) anywhere in the vicinity of Columbus, Ohio, please come join us at Gateway Film Center. That should be fun. We're going to talk about Be Our Guest. This is funny because we just got done talking here about apartments. We're going to be talking about unexpected guests in horror. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of con- continuing a theme here and show Black Cat. Yeah, that's going to be fun. So that is Friday, January 13th, next time. And uh, please let us know what you thought about uh, this conversation. Fantastic stuff. Oh, yeah. With the Loke and Naomi. And uh, get in touch anytime. Twitter, it's easy. Fright Club Pod, also on Facebook and Instagram. It's Mad Wolf Columbus. The main website, we can find all of our movie reviews and our other weekly podcast about uh, movies from all genres called The Screening Room. That's all there for you at madwolf.com. And don't forget our special Fright Club podcast group on Facebook. So uh, members only, but we'd love to have you if you want to join and join in on the fun. We talk about horror movies. We laugh about horror movies and just enjoy the community and keep it rolling on Facebook. Just uh, send a request for the Fright Club podcast group and we'll admit you and get you in there and and join the fun. So keep in touch. Again, thanks to Alok and Naomi. This has been a blast. Until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club podcast. Alok and Naomi, do the honors. Stay Stay frightful, my friends. My friends. Thank you, guys.